1: And SB Nation talking about your Green Bay Packers. I am Zach Rapport, uh, dialing it in from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Follow the show at the APC pod on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Zach Rapport. We are going to talk some Packers news. We'll talk about Saturday's preseason game, how much of that we watched is uh, you know remains to be exposed on air um, against the Houston Texans, and, and we'll cover more. Um, and to do that, I am joined first. By ben Foldy. How are you, man?
2: Hanging in there.
1: Hanging in there. The hair looks good today. We're off to Thanks. a great start, immediately talking about things that only we can see. Yeah. No, <laughs> no one else can see.
2: We got to stay true to the brand. Oh, that's the brand. Well, I went a little
1: off-brand uh, this past weekend. I'll get to that in a second. But um, we are also joined, pinch-hitting for Alex, who is uh down with a sickness, a non-COVID sickness, we should say. Wow.
3: Uh, <laughs>
1: Uh, oh, we are men of a certain age. Um, stepping up to the plate is Justice Mosqueda. How are you doing, man?
3: Uh, not too bad. Uh, my sink hasn't worked in a week and a half, and I'm being told that it won't work for another two weeks. Other than that, good. Life is good.
1: Are those rent? Uh, do you rent? That's renter probs.
3: Yeah, pe- renter probs. Not even just renter probs. Like getting plumbers out here when the world finally semi opens up, and yeah. they've been backed up for all these jobs, probs. Yeah. It's not
2: like anybody needs running water or anything. No big deal. I, uh,
3: hey, at least I have another sink. Nah, that's good. It's, it's just uh, not the best experience going from the bathroom to the kitchen to wash my hands every time, but
1: <laughs> I'll live. At least you wash your hands every
2: time. At, at the apartment where we used to record, that we originally recorded this podcast in Chinatown, there was no bathroom sink. The kitchen sink was the only sink in the small apartment. Oh, yeah. yeah you
3: guys are New York yeah that's why I don't get it I don't get the New York lifestyle man I need a car <laughs> I need I need a kitchen you
2: need you need multiple sinks <laughs> yeah
1: Ben we recorded the podcast in your kitchen um in your always it was so hot it was always so hot in your kitchen and if I moved my arms like out in any direction I'd be basically either be touching your stove or Or the door that separated the toilet from the rest of the kitchen.
2: (laughs) Yes, and then your small apartment,
1: and then your cat, kind of like running amok in this tiny space while we're trying to record.
2: I mean, running, running, kind of indicates that he had more than four or five feet to go in any direction. It's true.
1: Just kind of like leaping from uh, one spot to the next while we're like, I don't know, talking to like Corey Banky or something on an interview. Anyway, um, justice, you still work here. You haven't, uh, we haven't scared you away from, uh, <laughs> Acme packing company.
3: <laughs> you sure haven't. No, you sure haven't. Yeah. I'm getting posts up every day on, on practice stuff for the website, getting the transactions up. Um, hopefully we're going to be hiring a couple more people pretty soon. Um, process is taking a little bit longer than I thought, but we're going to keep pumping out content, content, hashtag content. Hey, big spender.
1: <laughs> we've uh, we've been we've been hinting at things to come in the podcast feed. Here is there anything more you can say or want to add in terms of like what everyone can expect to hear or uh, yeah, hear from you? No, nah,
3: nah. <laughs> keep gonna, them in the dark. We're gonna keep they'll teasing. See, they'll see you in season.
1: You're gonna keep teasing you guys for now. You're just gonna have to tolerate my very terrible voice. Um, let's uh, let's move on to some football stuff. Got to start with Tim Tebow, right? No, I'm kidding.
2: Uh, <laughs> wait, can we start with can we start with Tim Tebow? The Alpha and the Omega.
1: Oh my God! I just like uh, maybe I'm the only one. Um, and Justice, you're on the APC Slack as well, but uh, I'm the only one that seems to take real umbrage with the fact. Like it annoys me that it insults me a little bit that he was given a shot in the first place. And like I don't know. I want to. I guess really quickly ask for your perspective as. Uh, someone who grinds a lot of college tape, who's around high school players, who understands like what it means for some of these guys to get all the way to the NFL just to get like ten minutes of preseason tape, so that they can try to make a name for themselves, and then to come into camp and have Tim Tebow there. Comp- <laughs> like, I don't know. I just did he earn that? I don't. I don't know. I I've, I've I'm like vicariously insulted for these other players who had to deal with that. Am I a way out in left field on that?
3: No. I mean. I think if you could give some guys in Jacksonville true serum, they'd probably say similar things. Um, I I mentioned it before the first preseason game, but cuts just went down to 85 today. You know what I mean? So we went from 90 to 85. Five guys got cut after one preseason game. These reps matter um, for those players' careers. And not just to get into the NFL, but to put film – Out so that they can get a second look in the spring league or a look in the cfl or you know the usfl is coming back up the xfl is coming back up um all those opportunities matter every every opportunity for film and live action matters a lot to these guys so yeah the fact that urban just kind of signed one of his (laughs) old buddies uh didn't rub everyone right the other thing too is like if you were going to use tebow as a true tight end that was never going to work. No, that was never going to work. You, you have to use him as like taste him and, yeah. you know, give him some goal line carries and stuff like that. So you don't have to use Trevor Lawrence and expose him when he's getting hit by not ACC defenders anymore. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's important perspective to keep too. Just in general, I think urban <sighs> urban's an outside hire, right? And anytime you get an outside hire, you don't follow the structure that the norm has put in place, right or wrong, good or bad. So when you start seeing Tim Tebow got re-signed, he's going after all these Ohio State players. Uh, what's his name? Laquan Treadwell is like a starting slot power slot for Jacksonville right now because Urban remembered him as a five-star recruit. All, all those things, I think, go hand-in-hand with what Urban is doing, which is really trying to, like, use his pipeline of information to prop up an NFL team. The problem is it's not within the NFL structure. It's still within the college structure. Yeah. And we're starting to see that. Yeah.
1: If I can spin it um, towards the Packers, I guess we could just, uh, this will be a little PSA to like, it can, you know, like if you're upset about anything in green Bay, it could always be <laughs> worse. Somewhere has it worse. Yeah. I don't
3: know. Yeah. I, I very much believe this is, Urban Meyer in Jacksonville is Florida Urban Meyer, not Ohio State Urban Meyer. And just get ready for that messy breakup, man, because it's around the corner. Um, they might win some games in the meantime, but it's around the corner.
1: Uh, one bit of actual Packers news, I guess, uh, before we get into preseason and Palooza, but um, in what many people are calling a change of scenery trade, the Packers and the Giants have swapped cornerbacks. So Josh Jackson the experiment is is over and uh, he'll head to New York, the New York, New Jersey area, make a go of it there with the Giants and the Packers get uh, I- Isaac Yadam. Uh, Justice, do you, do you think I described that right? A change of scenery trade for both these guys?
3: Yeah. I mean, they're kind of the same dude. I mean, if you, I, I talked to Ed Valentine from big blue view um, today and he was asking me about, Hey, who is Josh Jackson? And it's like, we were talking about the same player. <laughs> He's like, you know, the Giants wanted to play a ton of man cov- coverage last season. About midway through, they realized that he wasn't able to play man coverage, so they switched to a ton of zone. Um, if you look at the press conference quotes this offseason about Josh Jackson, everyone said the same thing, which is, this is an NFL player, but we are not playing him to his strengths, I guess would be the way to explain it. Yeah, He's always been a zone corner. Um, Pettin was very man heavy uh, not surprising with the type of boxes that he presented and all the crazy stuff he did on the back end and front end um, so I really think that he's almost like pushing you know KB on Intel and Kadar Holman I think that's how you say their names yep. um, at cornerback behind you know Stokes King Jair Alexander obviously for outside yeah. corner positions right and then on the inside it's going to be um Shannon Sullivan and Shamar John Charles. So that's just kind of my general thought is okay, change of scenery. There's still competition here. They got something back for Josh Jackson. And I know Ben, you said you didn't watch uh the preseason game, but Josh Jackson got lit up yeah. like a bottle rocket. <laughs> like he might have given up a hundred yards. It, it was bad. I, I actually was gonna try to chart um Eric Stokes's stuff like what he did on the field. The problem was he only got targeted once and his side of the field only got targeted once because they just kept going at Josh Jackson just over and over.
1: Yeah. Ben, I guess, I don't know. Last week you were talking about the one thing you were curious about in position group battles was cornerback depth. And I don't know, maybe everything justice is saying, maybe answers a question or two for you there.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm still, I'm, you know, I guess, I guess, my question is if we're, we were going to cut a bunch of corners anyway like why why trade Josh Jackson for another corner but
3: and anyway. they're both on the last year of their contracts too. Yeah, that's that's almost one of those things too where not so much on the Giants end but on the Packers end politically the way front offices are structured cutting one of your high picks is not a good look. So you'll often see hey, I have a third-round bust. I'm going to trade him to you. Uh, in return, I'm going to get a player that I'm not going to keep on the roster, but you're actually going to have to physically make that cut and make that you know, headline. Yeah. You know what I mean? like, yeah, yeah. All, all this stuff, the, the politics of front offices, and I've seen it firsthand, everything gets counted. Everyone is trying to leverage everything into... Think at convincing other people that they're the smartest person in the room, so that they can then get a promotion either in the building or outside the building.
2: Yeah. So, so do you think that somebody's parlayed Josh Jackson into a flyer on on the new guy, or do you <laughs> think it's just a way for both teams to be able to walk away from you know second and third round draft
3: capital without having to explain a lot to
2: the local press corps? <laughs>
3: I, I think it's that second one. The important thing okay. to remember, though, is um, Isaac actually got traded from Denver. Yeah, he was Denver. So yeah. I, I think it's more on the Packers end. But, I mean, Josh Jackson got lit up, and then KB Onento immediately took his spot in practice. Um, yeah. Yesterday, their first practice after their first preseason game, um, he was immediately bumped down. So
2: Yeah, that I saw.
3: Josh Jackson can't play man. Um Josh Jackson is the, what, that would make him the fifth outside cornerback on the depth chart, and that's just outside cornerback alone, not even slot. Um, It would have been tough for him to make that roster if, you know, Ento didn't actually jump him and is going to solidify himself in that outside cornerback four slot. So that's just my general thoughts on the situation.
1: Yeah. Well, why don't we get right into... The preseason game, the Packers opened the preseason on Saturday against the Houston Texans and they quote unquote lost 26 to seven. But of course, that does not matter. What does matter, I guess, is what we can glean from players, um, how they performed, how they were used by coaches, etc. And of course, this was the uh, the first time we got to see Jordan Love playing against an NFL team. No big deal. Uh, Ben, we already called you out for not watching the game. That is on brand for our show. Honestly,
3: he's a better person for him. let's <laughs> let's not try to let's not try to shame him for it. He he had better ways to spend life than watching a preseason game. I just
2: knew that I'd get the highlights. Like what do I what do I need to do? You know, I actually I'm I'm normally I'm a fan of watching the preseason, but they've made it so difficult to, to watch outside of the state of Wisconsin that I wasn't gonna bring myself to jump through all those hoops. yeah,
1: I'm I'm busting your chops a little bit, but really what I'm doing is telling on myself because it is off-brand for me to watch the preseason, and yet on Saturday, I did find myself uh, in the middle of a very busy weekend, randomly, with some hours to spare and a drink in my hand. And so I decided to watch the game live. And uh, I don't know, I I kind of liked it. I kind of hate that I kind of liked it. Like, I felt dirty. I don't know, guys.
3: <laughs> I, I gambled on... Uh... I think six or seven preseason games. Oh, see, I feel better now. Slate. That's a different, <laughs> yeah. That's that's a different level. You gotta remember too. I'm coming off of like XFL stuff, so like we've graded all of these backup guys. You know, like all these backup quarterbacks. I know them like the front and back of my hand. I, yeah. Half of them I've tried to sign before, and we weren't able to get it done because they ended up sticking on a practice squad or an active roster or something. But I'm very familiar with these quarterback matchups.
1: So you uh, you had the inside track. Did you, uh, did you come out on top, or are we allowed to talk about that?
3: <laughs> I did. I, I was. I'm either like five and one or six and one. Wow, which was nice. There were a couple sweats there, though. Do you think I, that I bet gonna... on the Texans money line for whatever that's worth because <laughs> I knew the Packers weren't going to play anyone.
2: Do you think that you're going to outperform in the preseason because you're so much more familiar with all these like third string XFLers?
3: Yeah, it's definitely going to be like high intel low information betting basically Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna be very confident heading into the regular season and then i'm gonna like break even again and just be very furious and also hedge my uh hedge any like long-term props that i come out ahead of like an idiot
1: (laughs) um i want to talk obviously about jordan love which is part of the reason why i uh I asked you on the show, Justice, but uh, Ben, you you don't have a haiku for today. I'm not busting your chops. I will. Uh, I'll read one uh, to the continued bewilderment of all, of our listeners here, relative to the preseason game. So I got a haiku for you guys, and I'm gonna set the scene with the uh, Chinatown massage parlor background music. <laughs> a look at Funches. Oh, how we've wavered on you. But hey, you he looked good. That's my poem, guys. just played like most of that game. What was that? <laughs> I guess I just wanted to see what he looked like. I wanted to see what he looked like. I thought he looked good. I mean,
2: I guess is the other thing that you're also highlighting him, you know, for whoever else's practice squad or, or, you know, late cut pickup. You know, are you kind of doing a, a league vet a solid and his agent a solid and not pissing everybody off by cutting him after making it everyone making it sound like he was having a terrible camp
1: what's your take on that justice because i thought i i think that there's there's merit there but i also think and maybe it's just relative to the competition that was on the field but he just made catches that were just like most of the catches he made i was just like oh yeah that's an nfl catch like this guy is off ob- like it's obvious that he's an nfl player which i mean seems like stupid to say because he's, he's been around and he's a veteran but like It was his skill set was so obvious as compared to some of these other guys who were fighting for jobs to me anyway.
3: No, I, I agree. And I think he outperformed, you know, Amari and Malik Taylor, who were the other two wide receivers who were really the only guys who got a look in that first half. Um, they're pretty, in terms of personnel, they're pretty stagnant on the offensive side of the ball. Um, the only tight ends who got in were, uh, I believe were Sternberger and, Nauda, I, I don't know how to say his name the tight end from Georgia who just got put on IR today he actually started the game in the like Mercedes Lewis role because Mercedes Lewis and Bob Tanyan were both out um but Devin Funches definitely looked like the best one the the big question for me is is there any way that they roster seven wide receivers because that <laughs> seems like a stretch to me yeah Adams MVS Lazard, Cobb are healthy scratches, so you can pretty much plan that they are going to make the roster. You have Amari Rodgers, who is a third-round rookie pick. He's not going anywhere. Then you're going to have to have a gunner or a vice guy who's probably going to be Malik Taylor. Um, I think he has the lead right now. You know, Juwan Winfrey might have a chance. Reggie Beagleton might stick another year on the practice squad or something like that. But then how how do you get Devin Funches on the roster? Like it, just from a numbers perspective, it's really hard for me to understand unless Amari Rodgers is going to gun down punts. Like is that what he's going to do his rookie year? Like a decision has to be made there at some point.
1: Yeah, so maybe it is just doing him a solid. I don't
3: know. I don't know. The uh, other thing too is like there's a, they only have so many bodies yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, when you can't play when you can't play four of your wide receivers on your roster and you only have a 90man roster and you got to play a 60 minute game and you're trying to get all these guys looks you know Devin Funches is going to find his way on the field no matter what and, and also
2: I mean you're also trying to see what you have in Jordan love right and you don't necessarily just need to see what you have in Jordan love by if Juwan Winfrey is his first option on everything you know you do want to see him throwing to a real NFL receiver that can make difficult catches that does have a bit of a catch radius that can catch in traffic. So, I mean, and, and and he, he, he worked with that, right? I mean, there were some throws he made that were really trying to fit him into tight windows. So whether it's just kind of giving him that security blanket, I mean, maybe I'm like playing like eight dimensional chess too much, but I, I, I still don't really see a way that Funches makes the team. And, and I think that, the benefits were both to funchus and to love and potentially, you know, funchus getting to stick with someone else down the line.
3: Yeah. Cause if, if Funchess keeps doing this, he's going to find work somewhere. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He, he'll, he'll make a, it's not even a practice squad thing. He'll make a 53 somewhere. He might it, get traded as he should,
2: as he should. I mean, uh, you know, and if, and if, and if Cobb hadn't signed, I'd say Funchus makes the squad, but here we are. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> but GM Aaron Rodgers saw it other another way. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to uh Jordan Love and um Justice on Game Day. You were were kindly walking my ignorant brain through like some throwing mechanics and kind of QB habits and, and how they relate to Jordan Love. But I, I don't want to put the cart before the horse here. Um I want to start by talking about. What did you like from Jordan Love on Saturday? What looked good?
3: Uh, every time he was on the move, he looked like a playmaker. Um, I know that's a really simple way to explain it, um, but I really do think that like any of that boot stuff, think of like Shanahan McVeigh. Um, you know, obviously Lafleur now, I think nationally people think of it more like Shanahan McVay, um, all that stuff is going to work. He's going to be able to throw from multiple arm angles on the move. He has the arm talent to do it. Um, The athleticism is there. I think his footwork is actually pretty good for a guy who is, you know, basically a gun spread type of guy to transition to under center, center, getting 12 personnel looks. Um, They had a fullback in there a couple of times. Daniel Crawford played in there in that role. Um, So he's progressing. I mean, pretty clearly. There's some stuff that he needs to work on. Like, I don't think he's understanding what he's seeing coverage-wise a lot. Um, Matt LaFleur, after the game, said that they ran basically some version of cover two or man every single play. And then that Jordan Love dropped that cut up. I mean, it's basically Tampa two and cover one. So he's not wrong there. Um, Jordan Love was able to fit a ball over a linebacker to, I believe it was Sternberger um that cover two shot play
1: that was a good play I think yeah. that's
3: probably the one that got people the most excited yep but there were other times where you know he's throwing to a running back running a swing in cover two and there's five low zone defenders like that's not what you want to do <laughs> so not ideal to a certain extent it's that the player traits right the athleticism the arm strength that stuff is there period and that he looks better than he did in college that those are the positives the negatives are He's not making the right decision all the time but He's basically a rookie and that yeah. was basically that was his first time Going against another defense in a packers jersey, you know <laughs> So I I don't know how much you can necessarily make of some of these preseason games Um, we're probably going to need a larger sample size than just the houston texans in the preseason to yeah. make it make a decision on jordan love being uh you know, the next savior or not. Um, Like I said, with that Eric Stokes thing, like his film was basically unusable um, just because the Texas just didn't target him. So you can't make an evaluation off of it.
1: Yeah. Um, Okay. So most of that is the positive stuff. What about you? You were kind of, you showing me different like reference photos and stuff for kind of the way that, That uh, that Jordan Love tends to hold the ball and how that could to use to use uh, your words kind of like elongate the throwing motion. Can you walk us through sort of mechanically what you see there as a negative? Maybe something that's harder to iron out.
3: Yeah. So one of the things that I think people are figuring out is the ball position when you start your throwing motion matters a lot. In that, if the ball is straight down when you when you start to separate your non-throwing hand off of the ball, what ends up happening is you get a negative arm angle with your shoulders. And that's what creates that loopy motion, right? You think of Tim Tebow, Sam Darnold, Blake Bortles, whoever you want, right? But when the ball is pointed out, it's a pretty clear, straight A to B to C, ball comes out of your hand type of motion. Um, both the the tipped play... And the sack fumble were examples of Jordan Love not having the same type of throwing mechanics that Aaron Rodgers does. And comparing those two is a huge difference, right? Like, Aaron Rodgers has one of the fastest releases we've probably ever seen in yeah. this sport. Um, I don't think that all those, like, backside just like, hey, we're throwing it to Devontae Adams because he's isolated one-on-one and the quarter- cornerback is... And off coverage. I don't think they're making those throws with Jordan Love um, that like they would with Aaron Rodgers. Like, I don't know if they give him the same type of freedom at the line of scrimmage to even do that just because his throwing motion is elongated. um, That's a tricky one because a lot of people say that they're going to work on the throwing motion and then the bullets go live and you revert back to what you know. You know, so I I don't know if that's necessarily going to get better, but if it doesn't, that's certainly going to limit a few things that the Packers can do and is probably going to hurt them more on quick game stuff than like play action shots or anything yeah. like that. There's certainly ways to win with Jordan love. Like I think the Jordan love that we saw on Saturday could have taken the Niners to the playoffs, you know, for example.
1: Yeah. In terms of the motion and the negatives there, the, the mechanics, is that something that you see with him on every throw or do you see, is there like, improvement or it's just something you notice from from time to time or is it like always going to be there in your opinion
3: um it varies a little bit and it varies a little bit you know from player to player too you know aaron Rodgers doesn't hold the ball the same way on every single throw um i will say one thing that makes it particularly tough for jordan love is that he has long forearms Right. So like what Cam Newton is able to do mechanically from his upper body, not him, you know, throwing off of his back foot and stuff like that. But what he's able to do as a pure passer mechanically with his upper body is pretty amazing to me with the size of the forearms that he has. Because, again, right, when you think about the separation from the ball, that's all forearm. You know, your your elbow, your shoulder, it's it's staying in the same spot. What What's making the ball loop around is the fact that you have a longer forearm. So like guys like Jared Goff have never been able to figure it out, and he's just always going to have that negative release forever. Um So maybe it's something that you can fix. It's certainly not common at this point that a quarterback completely changes their throwing motion.
1: Negative release. That's a good uh, metal band
2: name. There you go. <laughs> How do you compare it to Rodgers coming out of Cal and all the changes that he made to his release? I mean, he... He did the weird thing, right?
3: Where he did the, he had the,
2: like, I'm holding a boom box and then I'm like chucking it like a stinger missile.
3: Right. So Rogers actually had, so yeah, that becomes very interesting. So his separation and his actual release were perfectly fine coming out. The difference was the shelf. And that's where you talk about where you put the ball before you even start the throwing motion. And he was basically putting it as an ear hole, Right. Mm -hmm. But what he ended up doing is he dropped it to the top of his numbers, which is where he's throwing now. And it's just like instantly coming out just all the time. I actually, uh, I actually sent Zach clinic from Jeff Tedford. Who's a great quarterback coach um, has produced NFL talent at like Fresno state. You know, (laughs) that doesn't happen a lot, especially at the quarterback position. Um, He was talking about how he fixed, you know, Kyle Bowler and like Joey Harrington and, akili smith and basically like tricked the nfl into drafting these players after <laughs> mm-hmm. after he got finished with them but one thing he said is he was like yeah Rodgers held the ball up too high and i just didn't want to touch him like he was just too good i didn't want to mess anything up and i knew i only had him for two years so at that point what doesn't matter
2: yeah
1: smart smart man uh something i wanted to to touch on i've heard this complaint um Or worry about love and sort of what he's put on film so far. Um, I'll point to, I think our own Paul Noonan has talked about this a bit, but the idea that love looks like he's aiming too much with certain throws. And I I talk a lot on the show about how I'm stupid. Can you tell me what you think that means that he's aiming too much? And if you agree with that?
3: Aiming it too much to me makes it sound like you're trying to pinpoint it, right? So, like, think of if I'm trying to throw to you and I'm trying to hit you in stride perfectly and hit you in a very specific spot, that would be aiming. Whereas I'm trying to let you go make a play on the ball, right? That's throwing. Um, And there is a difference to those things. And, you know, if you're in man or if you're in spot drop zone, um, those things definitely change. And, like, your approach to that definitely changes. Um, I, I don't really know what to make of Jordan loves accuracy at this point, other than it's not awful. Yeah. Right. So like, he looks like an NFL player. Um, again, with the Devin Funches thing, he looks like an NFL player. He doesn't look, um, like he shouldn't be in the starting lineup of a week one preseason game or anything like that. So I, I think that's kind of the positives there. Um, accuracy wise, I'm not too worried. As much as if he doesn't have protection, that long windup is going to end up hurting him a little bit more than it hurts Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers has one of the quickest releases in the game, and the fact that he's not necessarily seeing the defense, you know, based off a of pre-snap alignment in the same way that Aaron Rodgers is is a little bit of a problem. I think I think that that's probably the bigger cause for concern. Honestly, like you're throwing a swing. In cover two, that's a bad play every single time. And Houston only ran basically two coverages, so you should have known what was coming at you.
1: Yeah, uh, you mentioned before that they held a lot of people out of this game. A lot of players. Uh, was there anything else that you saw in this game that you thought was worth noting? Maybe a player that stuck out.
3: Oren Burks did
1: really well, surprisingly. <laughs> Question mark? Surprisingly. I, I actually,
3: yeah, I went into the. Acme Packing Company slack, like, two drives in, and I was like, I don't want to be an alarmist or anything, but, like, Burks has made, like, four plays already, guys. So the fact that he did solid. He had, like, a blitz sack. Yeah, they're they're sending him. They're sending him from depth and all that, too. So that, that'll be interesting to look and see if they do that in the regular season. Um, Ty Summers, I thought, didn't have an awful game. Um, KB on Ento is kind of up and down, I guess, is the best way to explain his summer so far. Um, but outside of that, I'm trying to think, I think those were the big standouts to me. Jack Heflin, who's one of the few 300 pound defensive linemen on this team actually ended up getting a look, um, with the first team, you know, in the, in the first half. And he made a tackle on the outside on a screen, which is not usually what you see in a 300 pounder. Yeah. Um, so that, those are good signs, um, outside of that. I think that's pretty much it for the positive end. I mean, the negative <laughs> end is the offensive line got their ass handed to them.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: that was a fun.
1: Yeah. Um, and that's not a, uh, a group that we'll see together in that alignment. Fortunately, I think it was, I, that's what I'm being led to believe that they're really just kind of trying, trying guys at different positions and, and seeing what happens. But, uh, we saw what happened it was not good all night long.
3: <laughs> yeah. They pulled the plug on the starters already. Yeah. I mean, uh, Lucas Patrick and John Runyon were the starting guards going into that preseason game. And they immediately got Ben Braden and Royce Newman in with the ones yesterday, the first practice since that game. So it's very clear that they weren't too happy with their guard situation. But again, the tackles weren't really helping them out either, especially Nijman at uh, left tackle. He was really hurting them. Um, He got his butt handed to him a couple of times.
1: It does my heart good to hear you talking though uh positively about some some inside linebacker <laughs> in Green Bay.
3: <laughs> Finally, right? Can like it be? I was I was texting with someone about a Jags fan, about Joe sherp Sho- Is that how you say? I think him? so. Yeah. And he was like, you know, this guy can actually kind of play. I'm, I'm kinda bummed that we traded him away. I'm like, you think he can kind of play? Like he'd be the third best Packers linebacker in my lifetime what are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, it's Nick Barnett, it's Desmond Bishop. And then it would be him.
1: Yeah. We were waxing nostalgic about Desmond Bishop, uh, last week.
3: The
2: best preseason revelation there's ever been.
3: You guys call me a corporate over- overlord. <laughs> I, heard, I heard that. I heard that.
1: <laughs> He's listening. Oh my God. I actually wasn't sure. <laughs> but I appreciate, uh, uh, um alex was like i i love that for him because he's the least corporate person that i could possibly think of i'm,
3: I'm wearing board shorts right now <laughs> at
1: least you're wearing pants
3: <laughs> on a tuesday nonetheless mm.
1: a tuesday well you got to wear board shorts when you're going to all those board meetings man hey honestly
3: I, I put on pants today because of the plumber <laughs> <laughs> if i'm if i'm gonna keep it a buck but yeah
1: one last thing i wanted to take it um outside of green Bay and get your take on one, one more thing. Cause I figure you watched a little bit of Justin Fields in Chicago and um, curious for your take what he looks like. Cause uh, just sort of like watching the Twitter stream, I think people are pretty, pretty optimistic about him. I know it's one game kind of has me worried. Should I be worried? What'd you think?
3: Uh, he's going to be a problem. Yeah. Uh, you definitely have to figure out how to defend him. And the fact that he can break the pocket at any point and, he does a pretty good job of throwing on the run. So you have to both be able to play coverage and be able to put pressure on him. So he doesn't run once he breaks the pocket. That's a very tough thing to do. Um, I thought he and uh, Trey Lance both did really good um, showing as far, as far as rookie debuts, they probably did the best. Um, they look, I would say that they look better than love. I know Trey Lance's stat line doesn't look too impressive. He was like, five for 15 for like 150 yards or something like that, which like per pass looks really good, but completion percentage doesn't his wide receivers dropped a lot of balls. Um, So I think both of those guys in the NFC are probably going to be headaches for Packers fans in the coming future. I know neither are technically named starters, but that yeah, Andy Dalton and Jimmy Garoppolo are, are not long for this life.
1: Can we hang our hats on Chicago ruining Justin Fields? (laughs) Not that I would uh, wish that upon another player, but is there something to be said for um, an organization kind of hindering the growth of an otherwise outstanding player? No, you you can say that.
3: That's perfectly fine. You don't have to walk it back. No, let's start a disinformation campaign to destabilize Chicago's front office and uh, coaching staff while they move to the suburbs an hour away. Let's do it. Now is the time, guys. Because if not, we might have to be dealing with with uh Justin Fields like in his prime for like 15 years. I don't <laughs> I don't want that.
1: Ben it got real dark again in your apartment. <laughs>
2: oh shit. Sorry.
1: <laughs> is that I wonder if that's uh portending what uh <laughs> what Justin <laughs> Just Fields. Yeah. <sighs> we had a lot of thunder last week. Anyway, um that's all I got. I don't know. Um uh, ben do you have any other uh, questions or observations you're hoping to glean uh, while we got justice on the line for preseason or should we just uh, have some dinner and call it a night
2: uh, I'm good with dinner calling it a night it's been a <laughs> long day
1: sometimes I just put like an option out there that I just know is the safe thing someone's going to say and then we can just we can just move on We can just hit the polka press the white person button here on my thing The white person music comes on. We bob around. (laughs) Justice, uh, thank you so much for hopping on last minute. Didn't know that Alex was going to be sick, but um, we're we're hoping to have a a four-man show. Got a three-man show. Really appreciate your time. Um, Alex does not have COVID, we have confirmed. We wish him well and a speedy recovery. And um, yeah, that's it for us. The preseason rolls on. Cuts are happening. Keep it locked into AcmePackingCompany.com for all the latest. Keep it locked into the audio feed here. Acme Packing Company, wherever you find your podcasts. At the APC Pod on Twitter for Justice Mosqueda. For Ben Foley, I am Zach Rapport. And uh, that's it. Go, Pack, go. Peace out.